Hello everyone, this is Aaron Pasatine with the Family Films Network, and today we are going to be presenting to you a very interesting story. It's a mystery, it's a legend, but I also like to believe that this story is very true as well. And as we delve into our special episode today, we are going to be talking about an animal that talks. Now, you may be thinking, animals don't talk, that's just pretend. But in this story, we are going to be hearing about some documented evidence about an animal that did. In this episode of the Family Films Network, we are proud to present the true story of an animal named Jeff, who has been known as a talking mongoose all this and more coming up on the family films podcast network it all started on the isle of man far far away thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away from america First off, before we begin, do understand that although this is said to be a legend, it is also said to be true and not fiction. So we just wanted to go ahead and mention that before we begin delving into the story of the talking mongoose. There is even a book that everyone can learn more about the talking mongoose by Christopher Josephine called Jeff, The Strange Tale of an Extra Special talking mongoose the book even won as a winner in the folklore society Catherine Brigg award now there is an unpublished 51 page manuscript called my diary in the house of the talking mongoose and a person named Nandor Forder has given a detailed account of how everything began with the talking mongoose And in February 1937, this individual, who was a research officer for the International Institute for Psychic Investigation, went on to stay at the home for a number of days. During this period, he ended up interviewing three of the Irvings, the family who has said to be around and lived with the talking mongoose. And he describes what he remembers when he first saw the mongoose. He said, we heard a tap, tap, tap at the night. I said, we have mice. The tapping came from between the wooden ceiling and the slate roof. I opened up the ceiling and searched. We found an Indian ornament, and when we dropped it, it produced the same type of sound. Now, obviously, from what has been gathered and through the research of not only the book that I have looked over, but also additional research through another podcast done quite a while ago that is available elsewhere. Jeff had probably been born in 1852 and it got to the point where the family that found him, it was by coincidence. They kept hearing a sound in the walls of their home. They heard a tap. They continued to hear a tap. 
they continued to hear many, many tappings until at one point, as it turned out, the family, the father of the family, went ahead and decided to set a trap. So he put some rat poison in a piece of bread. He took the bread and put it in between the wall. After he put it inside the wall, he waited, and he knew that he would hear the sound of the mongoose eating. Well, at one point, he waited and waited and waited, and finally he heard a very loud sound. It was the sound of the mongoose. The mongoose sounded like he was crying, but it wasn't like the mongoose was in pain The mongoose was probably mocking the family that lived there. Eventually, after that stopped, they looked back inside the wall, and oh, they still hadn't seen the mongoose again. They noticed that the bread with the poison in it was completely untouched. It's like the mongoose knew not to put his mouth and inside to go ahead and eat that bread that was poison. Do you think the mongoose knew it was poison? Clearly, that was also something to think about as well. Now, there was a reporter that spoke to Nader Fodor and he said later on as someone spoke to him He said he never said that it was a mongoose. He himself stated that he was a marsh mongoose. He said he didn't think it was an animal. And he didn't feel like he fed like a mongoose. Because they gave him biscuits, they gave him chocolates, and they gave him bacon. And he always loved the fat part of the bacon. So it's very, very interesting, the story. Now, mongooses usually always were at least known in the first half of the 20th century. And many people, as you may know from the United Kingdom, actually posted about them. They talked about them. They would come in contact with mongooses, and they would observe them that mongooses had intelligent and boldness. Of course, it was, as of course, very, very strange and not normal at all, for anybody to keep mongooses as pets. Now, one person did has been known to have a mongoose as a pet, and he had visited an ant, a per, an individual, and ended up having a mongoose. And the person that came into the room where the pet mongoose was, this is not the talking mongoose, this is another mongoose, went over to this person, it was actually written in a book, and opened a door into a large room. They heard something moving around, long and thin, and all of a sudden they saw something go by that was very past. Very past, very, very quickly. And the animal, which, since it had to be an animal and it was a mongoose, was really big and brown. Now, the woman that owned the mongoose said, You like mongooses, don't you? Now, She waited, and there was no answer by the person that she spoke to. And the only mongoose that she had seen before 
of course, was mongooses that ended up eating snakes and rats and other animals like that. So it's just it's just very strange to think about that. Now, mongooses were known for eating rats and they had snake killing abilities, you know, so farmers would like to have mongooses out on the farm. So they would kill those. So it's very interesting when, you know, anybody goes and delves into the story of a mongoose. Now, there was a reporter named James Irving, and he found great interest in the mongoose, in the talking mongoose. And eventually, there were a number of people that wanted to go out there themselves. So as the days went by, the family that owned the mongoose, that, of course, knew they were living, that it was living in their wall, ended up deciding to go ahead and send away part of the fur of the mongoose so they could try to see what would happen. And, of course, they wanted to go ahead and get that sent back. And it was very interesting because when the results came in after the study of the hair of the talking mongoose, they thought that it probably came from a dog. The back of the tail of the mongoose was speckled with black specks around it. So that was also strange, since most mongooses normally don't have that. Hi, my name is Cody. I enjoy hearing about others' daughter owing in history. More about the fussies and the, their history. Now, a lot of people think that a mongoose is actually a goose. It's not a mongoose. Other people have said that a mongoose looks more like a rat. But in reality, the mongoose really does look very, very similar to a muskrat. Or something that is very, very similar. Now, lots of people think... That animals can't talk. But in the story of Jeff the talking mongoose, the mongoose really did talk. And there was even a newspaper, an interview that was conducted later on until the day that the woman that remembers the mongoose talking to the day she died. She said that the mongoose talked. It's interesting because the mongoose has actually had at least two different sides to its character. And, you know, that may not come as a surprise just because of what happened. And the fact that the mongoose was able to carry on conversations with this family, it's quite remarkable. In the book that Christopher Josephine wrote, it really had so much documented evidence that I was able to locate. And during research for this, and of course, another podcast that had a lot of really good information and stories 
about Jeff the Talking Mongoose. So it's no wonder that in reality, when you continue to do more research, it's quite very, very, very obvious. Now, a person as well named Charles Morrison had heard Jeff's voice on two separate occasions. There was in the home. He said and described it, it was like a girl's voice. The voice of the mongoose was very, very high, he said. And the voice came from the room where they were all sitting around at. And it wasn't like an ordinary voice. And it seemed that, Charles Morrison said, that the voice seemed to grow in volume all the time. And sometimes, you know, the voice was very, very loud. Now, there were two local boys that were cousins named Will and Harry Hall. They visited the farmhouse as well, and they heard Jeff talk. They thought the voice was really high, too. And he said, I never heard a voice. One of them said he never heard a voice like that before. But they didn't know what kind of animal it could have been. Later on, they were really amongst a few select people who really actually saw the talking mongoose in addition to hearing him. Now, what's also really strange is that these cousins, at least the one, Harry, actually observed that the mongoose swore. It was very, very sad. And it's hard to believe that, again, the mongoose had this much knowledge to be able to talk, let alone be able to end up finally swearing as well, which sometimes does make the story hard to believe. But again, there is documented evidence. Now, another interesting thing is that this amazing farmhouse, although it was there and it was built and and this family lived in there and the talking mongoose was there it really is hard to believe that there was an animal that talked but like we said we know that this is true according to the book now some people have said that as well that the talking mongoose wasn't even there at all now it seems strange that it wouldn't or there wouldn't have been a book that was published of over 300 pages long let alone all the articles and all the evidence and all the things on the newspapers over the years about the talking mongoose, which really does make the story quite believable. Now, another really thing is very interesting because the mongoose had basically had various, it seems like, you know, personalities. And, you know, usually if the mongoose was happy, the mongoose was happy. If it wasn't happy, you know, of course, there'd be a problem. Now, think about this. Paw prints. And we're going to get into that here shortly. In regards to paw prints... There were physical evidence, you know, things that really needed to be sure, at least for anybody to know that it was true. 
and Irving, who we talked about earlier on, had been unable to attain anything himself, and he asked somebody else to do it, to make a plaster of the mongoose. And he ended up leaving this overnight because he ended up sending it over from the Isle of Man following his friend's visit and return to England. But it was, of course, too very hard for the mongoose to have an imprint made. So then he ended up finally getting it done. It was very, very difficult. And he was able to produce an imprint of the hind paw of the mongoose. And he ended up getting that discovered. And then eventually he was able to attempt to produce imprints of the mongoose's forepaw, the upper jaw teeth. And of course, again, before he left overnight, he was able to get a little bit more things done as well. Now, upon additional research, we do understand that there were at least about a total of, let's see, probably about four of them. And those four definitely were put together and they were made and people were able to have that. Now, the mongoose did even have a conversation with him when they were trying to get those done. And the mongoose asked how he was able to manage and avoid the impress of his lower jaw. You know, that's something that they were trying to figure out. And the mongoose replied and said, I did not put it in my mouth like a piece of bread. I put my teeth down into it. So the mongoose really was trying its best because the mongoose knew what was going to happen, which just makes everything extremely very interesting. Now, think about the, the fact that the upper jaw of the mongoose had been shown by teeth prints and is actually located in the Talking Mongoose book that I mentioned on page 276. So other people can turn to page 276 if they get a hold of that book and take a look at it there. And so it's it's really interesting because on the top left print on A, people can find the forepaw, it says, where the fingers were opened. And that makes it very interesting, too, because you can just see in comparison with those and other ones that the mongoose did actually have those prints taken. And that was all there. Now... That's then how that went. Now, a lot of people wonder, too, what about photographs of the mongoose? And people can look it up and, and they can see what they're going to look up on Google. But the, punk, the mongoose was going to be photographed. And, of course, there were suggestions and encouragement by others that offered to take the photograph. And... One thing that had been said was that the mongoose was said to be told that he pr was proposed to the mongoose that he would take a picture of him. And the mongoose said, you'll spoil it. Well, then the mongoose, uh, Jeff's answer to that was you could not take a pet lion. I do not trust any of the three of you. So it basically has been said that there wasn't going to be a picture of the talking mongoose. So attempts to really attain photographic evidence were conformed to a tradition of things like ghosts and other things like that.
And so basically, in other words, the Moncus didn't want to be photographed at all. So we really don't have any photographs of the Mongoose. Um, we have drawings of the Mongoose and different things like that. So that's definitely something that we can. Now, another thing is too, um, there are some photographs kind of that are out there, but they're not close-ups and stuff and things that are that evident to see, but they are kind of been seen as a description as far as it being passed by with the area kind of like a prairie and a big land as well. If people turn to page 285 in the book, they'll be able to see a sketch of the talking mongoose. And it definitely is a mongoose. When you look at a mongoose on a photograph now versus talking mongoose, they basically look like the same thing. In closing, people can believe what they want to believe. Was the talking mongoose real? Was this all made up just for people to find interesting or something that wasn't true? In the case of all the evidence of the mongoose and the story, newspaper articles written about it, the book, interviews conducted by the person that heard and was around it directly and said that the mongoose talked until the day that person died. I'd like to believe and know that the mongoose really did talk. It's unfortunate that we don't have a video recording or an audio recording of it, but maybe one day or our company will have the opportunity to make a movie about the talking mongoose and people can learn the history and the story of Jeff the talking mongoose for years to come. According to page 369 of the talking mongoose book, Jeff's ongoing appeal lies partly in his transgression outspokenness. It has allowed him to say which people are afraid to say for fear or of causing offense. We know that that mongoose swore. We know that that mongoose talked. We know that mongoose had paw prints and Reconstruction made of the mongoose and some of the images of it. Um, it is perhaps that at some point, and you guys will see it if you take a look at the book, that there was even maybe a picture of the mongoose after it already died. It could be very appropriate since even in the popularity, it really comes down to whether you believe that the talking mongoose is fact or fiction. Is the mongoose fact or fiction? That's up to you. Let us know what you think of the story of the talking mongoose. And until next time, we look forward to bringing you another great interview, a story, or something very interesting that you may have never heard about before. This is Aaron Passantine. Thanks for listening to the Family Films Network Podcast. <laughs>